Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. My guest is a director of Malang Skulls Inc. Corporated Attorneys. His area of expertise in, is in mining and environmental law and dispute resolution. He also has in-depth knowledge of mineral rights issues and BE transactions in the industry. Sits on the boards of various mining companies as a non-executive director and has a practical understanding of the industry, having begun his career as a learner official on the then Rand Mines Limited Harmony Gold Mine. He's recognized by Best Lawyers 2020 for his expertise in mining law. Hume Scholes, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for the introduction, Sarah. Hume, I can probably ask you one question and then go away and make coffee and never return. Um, <laughs> given your experience both practically and legally, where is the mining, where is the mining industry currently? I think, I think there's been some discussion about it, but I think for, for the layman, a lot of it seems rather opaque and obscure. So, Sora, we, we as a mining destination, um, and when you, I'm just going to rephrase your, your question as follows. Okay. Where is South Africa on the global mining investment destination? Um, um, sort of index, if I can coin an, an index for that. Do we attract foreign direct investment in mining or don't we? And the answer is we are lagging. And we're basically lagging because of three primary reasons. So the answer is to your question that South Africa could be, could attract much more capital and could be create many, many more jobs. And mining companies could pay more royalties and more taxes for the benefit of every, everybody if we basically resolve three issues in South Africa, which are an impediment to investment. The first one is criminality in the mining industry. And something that you said on your sort of previous comment on the uh, property hijackings resonated with me. And you use the phrase, use the phrase mobilizing state in action. The crim criminals are mobilizing state in action. And the scourge of illegal Ozama-Zama mining and illegality and ex mafia, extortion mafia in the mining industry has simply arisen because criminals are mobilizing and expanding into the law enforcement vacuum that has been created by an inept police force, a lack of political will to, to, to protect our mineral wealth in this country. And this is the reason why we have all this rank criminality in, 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 in the mining industry and why the Minerals Council, for example, estimates that 25% of South Africa's gold export is illegal. Is from illegally mined gold. The other reason why we have all this criminality is that ultimately everything will be mined. And I'm talking from some 30 years experience of, of, of being exclusively in mining. If you make it too hard from a regulatory perspective for people to mine lawfully, they are going to mine unlawfully. Everything of value will be mined mm. because our regulatory system is so complicated, and I'll, I'll lead into the next topic now. It's much easier for criminal syndicates to mine illegally than to mine legally. 
Make mining, make lawful mining easy and you will stop illegal mining. That leads into my next topic. Well, just to finish the first one, sorry, I'm jumping around a bit. But if we have dedicated law enforcement and we have effective law enforcement, we will stop the illegality in, in, in the mining industry because it's, 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 it's syndicated criminality. That poor Zama Zama or illegal miner that goes underground for 70 rand a day and dies there without personal protective equipment who live in incredibly terrible conditions underground, they are the end of the, of the, of the exploitation chain. Mm. They are like you don't stop prostitution by arresting prostitutes. You stop it mm. by arresting the pimps and getting rid of the illegal drug trade. You mm. stop money not by arresting the zamazamas. You, you stop by breaking up the criminal syndicates that are exporting the minerals, that are providing the illegal guns, that are providing the drugs to these people, that mm. are pro- providing the illegal alcohol. That's how you stop it. And uh, we've seen lately in the media, we've seen the government's sort of usual knee-jerk reaction, arresting, raiding, the police raiding, illegally mining, illegal mining operations, arresting the miners. It's a good start, but it's a very, very small step in the right direction. A giant leap in the right direction would be stop the, to stop the mm. syndicate. The second major issue that we're dealing with, um, sorry, and it's, it's harder, it's a harder issue to deal with is that the biggest challenge to the future growth of South Africa's mining industry are communities that live around mines. Now these people, if you visit places like Marikana, Kruendal, you visit Sekukunu land in the, um, Mpumalanga province, mm-hmm. people live in horrifically impoverished and desperate conditions. The state has failed them. In South Africa, as we know, we at best dealing with a failing state. At worst, we're dealing with a failed state. My view is a failed state. In the context of a failed state, people that live around mines in these desperate conditions, they have no schools for their children. They have no clinics. They have no running water. They have no ablution facilities. They have nothing. I've visited these these um, informal settlements. They are actually quite disgusting. These desperate people then look to mining companies for 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 hope for relief for basic services and then you get this very acrimonious relationship that develops between the communities um who expect input from the mining companies and and the mining companies themselves mm. mining companies do a lot to try and employ people but there's a limit to what they can do because of the cost if we don't deal with the state's inability to improve desperate people's lives and to use our tax money effectively, that situation, unfortunately, is not going to change. So the threat to mining companies by desperate communities is unfortunately a political solution and we need a change Mm. of heart government to fix that issue. And it really does impact investment decisions. My law firm has in the past three years brought at least 36 to 40 interdict applications against very, very violent community protest, blocking mines, making demands with um, respect to employment, the outsourcing of services from the mines. And unfortunately, my first point, namely criminality and desperate communities sort of dovetail, Mm. the criminals, desperate communities as their foot soldiers to try and get their way with mining Mm. companies get outsourced contracts, etc. It's a vicious 
It's a vicious circle, and as I said, it's not going to stop until communities' lives are improved, and secondly, the criminality is effectively dealt with. Not a knee-jerk reaction, mm. comprehensive, effective policing. We don't need more law in South Africa. We've got enough law. We mm. just need to enforce the current law that we've got. Mm. The third, mm. yes, sorry, no, sorry, no, carry on. On. no, carry on. No, I'm, I'm fine. The, I'll come back to you. Yeah, the third issue that we need to deal with, and this is the controversial one, is we need to drop BEE in the mining industry, the ownership component of BEE. So black economic empowerment, as we understand it in the South African constitutional context, is given effect in the mining industry by the Mineral and Petroleum Resources Development Act 28 of 2002, which basically provided for a minimum. It started off with 26%. It's now 30% historically disadvantaged person ownership to be granted a mining right and to operate in South Africa. In a nutshell, that's how it works. Mm. There are, in addition to that, a more social and labor component obligations where you have to provide employment to local people, where you have to engage with the local municipality to see how you can assist the local municipality with funding, with clinics, with schools, all the things that we desperately need in this country, mining companies actually have an obligation to do that. So it's not part of social corporate responsibility, which they would do anyway as responsible citizens, but they are obliged to do it under the social and labor plan. That must and can continue because mining companies manage that effectively. Happy Mm. community, happy mine, we carry on. Drop the ownership component. And why I say this in a very good example, I'm on the advisory for um, the new president of, 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 of Zambia, his mining advisory. And um, there's so much political in Zambia to grow their resources, grow their mining industry, grow tourism, and, and, and grow agriculture in that country. And it's very, very refreshing to actually, and you know, I sound, sound a bit, a bit sort of sycophantic here, but it's almost a privilege. To work with somebody like that, who, who, who has the best interests of his country at, at heart. And if you look at people that follow the mining industry, we'll see what stole the show at the recent mining in Darba in Cape Town in, 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 in early May was the announcement by First Quantum Minerals, one of the biggest copper nickel producers in the world of a 1.5 billion rand investment in Zambia. Now, having been part of that process, I can tell you that from start to finish, to sign off on a $1.5 billion investment took six weeks because there was political will to make that happen. If you had to extrapolate that onto the South African situation, for First Quantum in South Africa to do the same transaction, they would need a 30% BEE partner, which means that some company, which has the majority historically disadvantaged persons as shells and directors, would need to, in my example, trump up $500 million for First Quantum in South Africa to ultimately mine. Mm. Now, where are you going to get $500 million in that example to be able to allow the company to, to apply for and be successfully granted a mining right. It's not going to happen. The money is in South Africa and definitely the money is not going to come from overseas to mm. fund company to acquire the 30%. It will, it makes no sense for a foreign mm. 
We've had the MPRD Act in place since 2004. It is a very clever piece of legislation to provide for the much-needed transformation in the mining industry. But unfortunately, like all well-intentioned legislation in South Africa to give effect to economic transformation that has been abused. The government, in my view, has had from 2004 to today, they've had 18 years to manage this process. It's been tainted by corruption and maladministration. I don't need to tell you and your Mm. listeners that. It's the South African story. And unfortunately, what happens in the mining industry, our South African problems like corruption, like maladministration, etc., are exacerbated in the mining industry. And it's exacerbated because you can't like to, to use an example, the motor industry in South Africa, if they messed around too much or they're subject to too much criminality, they can move or the mm. motor to Botswana or they can move them to Namibia or they can move them to elsewhere. You can't move a mine. Mm. So a lot of the abuse happens and a lot of the, ex- the, 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 the extortion happens against mining companies. Mm-hmm. So in my view, unless we deal with those three issues, one, BEE drop it in favor of proper investment. And this has been said to me, it's not just me going on a rant, it's been said to me by multinational mining companies that one of the impediments for them to invest in South Africa is BEE. Not because in principle it's a bad idea, because of their history of exploitation and there's a history of of maladministration and there's a history of corruption attaching to it, unfortunately. Drop that, deal with the criminality, deal with the communities, and then we will become a favoured mining destination, which we are not at the moment. On to go on a different, a slightly different tack. With regard to the most, the recent commodities boom, there was an article by Hilary Joffe in Business Day, I think it was yesterday, in which she said, as as a result of of the increase in commodity prices, SARS re- experienced a one hundred and three percent increase in taxes from the mining industry. Eighteen billion billion sorry? rand, Lord. Yeah, hundred billion, hundred billion rand. Yes. Um, now the the problem is, I mean, the, the I think the government sees the uh, the mining industry as a cash cow, but in fact, like so many booms, that's 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 fading out. As I understand it, that it's not the, it, it's not being it cannot be sustained. It is it, the boom is going, so the inc- the income will be going. So the the presumably they're going to use. Much of that uh, that windfall for anything but what the in, what the industry itself needs to be ploughed back into it. Yeah. So so um, Sarah. So the the mining industry is obviously cyclical because of supply and commodities. But our 18 billion rand tax windfall last year could have been 36 billion rand tax windfall mm. if the industry was managed properly in the hard times. If the industry was managed properly and there was political will to assist the industry, the mining companies would survive the hard times. But it's made – our government makes it so hard to operate in South Africa that the tax windfall last year happens despite the government. Mm. Mm. It could be so much better. And I'm not just saying this from what I've read or, 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 or what I assume to be the situation. I know from dealing with the mining industry every day, it could be so much better. 
if the government just managed the industry properly. And I can tell you where it went all wrong. When the NPRD Act became effective in 1 May 2004, I was at Worksman's. I was at Worksman's for, for, for about nine years. That's why I'm an, uh, I call myself, I'm, I'm an, an, an honorary Jew after having spent that much time at <laughs> Worksman. <laughs> so, um, I've got lifetime membership of your club. So, so, um, at that time, we lord, we, we lurched from mining deal to mining deal to mining deal. Despite the NPRD Act coming in, and despite the radical change in, 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 in the, in the ownership component of mining in the country. And why did we do that? We, 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 we lurched from mining deal to mining deal because the regulator at the time was stocked with people who had professional mining qualifications. I can name them Chaka Molloy, he's a mining engineer. Jacinto Rocha, who is now the minister of mines in Angola. He was a, a geologist. The minister at the time had, a, had an interest in growing the mining industry. There was cooperation with the mining industry. It, it was all going very well. And the main reason is that decisions taken, administrative decisions, were taken with administrative law as a basis. Decisions in the mining industry were administrative. Mm. As trust deficit increased, between the industry and government, political decision-making took over. Decisions with respect to the granting of mining rights and administration became political decisions. The bottom of the pit was when Zwani, who all we all from the, the, the um, Zondo Commission and other reading in the financial press was just simply a Gupta plant and was corrupt as anything. He was a minister and during his t- was the worst that it's been. If we could stick to the regulator taking administrative decisions as opposed to taking political decisions, we'd be in a much, much better space. Mm. No, it's it's very much the the imprint of the Zuma era taking over. I mean, essentially, there's a syndicate for you um, uh, involved in the industry. Does the, uh, does the, do the Zama Zamas, does the legal mining industry impact on the formal mining industry? Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's criminality. I mean, we all know that the, the, the very public murder, um, last year in November, October, November, if I remember correctly, of Richards Bay Minerals general manager. Mm. That happens often. You know, a kidnapping of mining executives of, you know, it's, it's just, the list can go on and I can give you examples all day. I mean, the worst one that I've seen very recently is basically invasion of a mining company's boardroom by illegal miners and basically hijacking boardroom sets are turned to mine. Yeah, so definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I remember talking to you on a previous occasion where you suggested there was a solution or part of a solution to dealing with Zamazamas from the um, formal mining sector that that they could play a role in 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 harnessing a uh, move from illegal mining to legal mining. The difficulty is, sorry, you're not going to deal with illegal mining. You're not going to try and formalize artisanal mining is mm-hmm. the utopia that they have until such time as you've dealt with the criminality. You're trying to, you're trying to, with the stroke of the legislature's pen, basically legalize something which is inherently illegal. It's just not going to happen. Stop the criminality 
once you've controlled criminality, then you can you can try and formalize it. It's not going to happen until that happens. You, uh, we've had uh, we don't have a long time, and I know you have a meeting at uh, at ten. So I, for what we've heard thus far, I have to thank you very much and hope to get you back on. Um, no problem. And we can then d- discuss, I'm sure, further the Ganovim that operate in the uh, illegal miners, mining industry. I'm putting a te- putting giving you a test uh, regarding your years at Worksman's and your honorary status as a Jewish attorney. But as I say again, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we'll be in touch. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thanks.